Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're heading underground this week to discover some of the ghostly goings-on that occur beneath the earth. Welcome back to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, where this week we're looking at subterranean spirits. With thousands of people travelling to and from work around London, it's no wonder that underground stations have been the site for some haunted happenings. In this episode, we'll be looking into the strange phenomena from underground stations as we look into subterranean spirits. We're starting a new feature this week. It's called Fact or Fiction. So, do you think this is fact or fiction? King's Cross Station is haunted by the spirit of a young boy with glasses. Stay tuned to the end where we'll reveal whether this is fact or fiction. The London Underground has its fair share of ghost stories and strange happenings, boasting ghosts of Egyptian princesses, Victorian actors and phantom workers continuing their jobs. The London Underground is the oldest subterranean railway and was opened back in 1863. The first railway, the Metropolitan Railway, astounded Londoners as they watched steam trains disappearing underground. The other lines began opening soon after. In 1890, the City and South London Railway opened, then the Central Line in 1900, the Bakerloo and Piccadilly in 1906, and then the Northern Line in 1907. As you can imagine, with the London Underground having such a huge lifespan, it has seen its fair share of death. There have been thousands of ghostly sightings from commuters and station workers across the years. Bank is one of the biggest stations in London, with an estimated 300,000 people passing through every single day. It was also voted the worst tube station due to overcrowding. The ticket hall was once a church crypt, and in 1941, during the Blitz, a bomb hit the station, killing 51 people. Could these spirits still be walking the platforms today? Since the 19th century, there have been sightings of a sinister figure in black stalking the passengers of Bank Station. This figure is said to be a woman named Sarah Whitehead, 
also known as the Black Nun. In the book London Law by Stephen Roud, the story behind this strange figure is explained. Bank clerk Philip Whitehead worked at the Bank of England. The legend says that Philip got in with the wrong crowd and began forging cheques. He was caught and eventually was executed for his crimes in 1811. His sister was so bereft that she started going to the Bank of England to ask for her brother every single day until she died. She wore a black headdress whilst mourning and became known as the Black Nun because of this. And it's said that she walks the tunnels to mourn her executed brother and groans and wails can be heard down the line. Bank was also built on top of a mass grave, which could explain reports of a putrid smell wafting through the station. The smell has been described as an open tomb, leaving commuters grimacing on their journeys. People also report a pervading sense of sadness. Is this the black nun making us feel her grief? This is also one of the busiest stations in London. Is this just fueling her energy? One stop to the east from Bank is Liverpool Street, which has its own mass burial site too. Over 3,000 skeletons were unearthed in 2015, and these were the remains of plague victims during the Black Death. Liverpool Street also has reports of people showing up on CCTV, but when inspected, there is nobody on the platform. There are also many reports of a man in white overalls who was said to work at the station. The apparition appears at the station, more specifically the eastbound central line platform, as if on his way to work, wearing the iconic white overalls and carrying a bag of tools. In 2000, the man was spotted on CCTV by an underground worker when the station was closed to the public. The worker went to inspect the area on the platform whilst his colleague watched him on the CCTV. The station worker watched his friend, saw the man in the overalls was standing right next to his workmate, unbeknownst to him. When the worker returned to the CCTV room, he confirmed he had seen nothing. The worker went back down to the platform to double-check and still saw nothing. As he was about to go back upstairs, it is said he saw a pair of white overalls on one of the benches. I'll be talking about another abandoned ghost station after we hear from our listener Lucy. But in the meantime, let's look at the British Museum ghost station. This station is closed to passengers, with network changes making the stop obsolete. British Museum opened in 1900 to serve, well, the British Museum really. It was closed in 1933 after the opening of Holborn Station, less than 100 metres away. It's said that there is a secret tunnel linked to both the station and the museum. It's down this tunnel at night that it's said that an ancient Egyptian priestess was said to appear. She has been reported in a beautiful headdress and loincloth. She would terrify those in the station with horrendous shrieks. The woman's mummy was said to reside in the British Museum with her howls being triggered by the trauma of having her mummy ripped from its resting place. She was named Amun-Ra after the god that she served. Amun-Ra's corpse became known for being cursed 
and she was nicknamed the Unlucky Mummy. It is said that her casket was excavated in the 1880s and was then purchased by Thomas Douglas Murray in 1899 during a visit to Egypt. He shipped the sarcophagus to the UK, but Armand Ra began to make her anger very clear. Murray suffered a shooting accident not long after, meaning his arm had to be amputated. Two of his servants, who were carrying the mummy, also died. The bad luck didn't stop in England either. A journalist borrowed the casket and soon after her mother died, her engagement was ended and her dogs went mad. She returned it swiftly to Murray. Murray then passed it to a friend who then suffered some misfortunes and then died. Before his death, his friend passed it on to his sister who took the mummy to be photographed. And whilst developing the pictures, it said the photographer, who also soon passed away, saw the face of a living Egyptian woman whose eyes stared furiously with an expression of singular malevolence. When someone purchased one of these photos, every piece of glass in the home shattered. Murray begged for the mummy to be thrown away and she was eventually gifted to the British Museum. But she still caused trouble at the museum. The carrier who delivered her died. Visitors who sketched her or photographed her died and staff reported sobs and hammering coming from the casket. She also began to haunt the British Museum underground station and was so famous for doing so, two British newspapers promised a cash reward to anyone brave enough to spend a night alone there. No one took up the offer. Before we look at my own experience at the abandoned Oldwich underground station, let's hear from Lucy, one of our listeners who actually witnessed a phantom bomber flying overhead. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Tally and I'm getting married in 2024, but I don't want to get sucked into feeling like I have to change everything about myself in the lead up to the big day. As soon as I got engaged, I felt like there was this extra pressure to change my body and try to look perfect. 
So I wanted to create the Anti-Diet Bride podcast to talk about it. Because shouldn't your wedding be about celebrating your marriage and not about the size of your waist? So join me chatting to fellow brides, wedding industry experts, and even my fiance as we navigate this roller coaster planning process. Come and join the bridal party. Listen on the first Wednesday of every month on the Train Happy podcast feed, and it's available wherever you get your podcast from. So with me now is Lucy Kidwell from White House Investigation. So tell us about your experience. Now, this is quite interesting. Yeah, so this happened to me. This was one of my first paranormal experiences. I was uh, probably about 10 years old. I grew up in a small town called Barnoldswick in Lancashire. There's, uh, you know, the company Rolls-Royce. They have two sites there. And we lived in between those two sites. And so this one day I was sat in the garden on the swing set facing the house um, and directly in front of me was the the garage so there was like obviously the house to the left and then the garage was a lot lower and as I'm sat on the swing I saw this plane flying towards me and it was so low that I thought it was going to hit the house and all I could do was sit there and just wait and see what happened um, and it, it carried on coming towards me it made no sound at all And I was just staring at it to the point where I could see the pilot. I could see all of the metal work, all of the, you know, nuts and bolts and things. And it just sort of flew over really, really low and then disappeared. And I found it really odd because it made no sound whatsoever. And I just felt really eerie. So I spoke to my parents who worked at Rolls-Royce to see if they knew of any flyovers happening. And they weren't aware of any. Um, And then a few weeks later, we saw in the newspaper that multiple people had seen this. And it's known as the Phantom Bomber. And it's happened quite a few times where people have seen it and thought it was going to hit something. Um, And then, obviously, you know, the same eerie experience where it made no noise whatsoever, even though they're notorious for being really loud. Um, So, yeah, I saw that when I was probably about 10 years old. How wonderful is that? That's fantastic. And the fact that it's backed up with lots of other people seeing it as well. Um, You know, as you know, in our work, that's really important, isn't it? To have more than one person uh, as an eyewitness. Um, I I wonder if, um, you know, because we've done a a previous episode, I think we mentioned um, um, ghostly airplanes and bombers and and such, and then they're quite common. I'm just wondering if the flight path, I wonder if there was a flight path or a routine that they had during World War Two. I mean, did it look like an old plane to you? Can you remember, or did it look like a normal, like a seven four seven? Oh no, it was definitely um, a bomber because I've, when I've looked at them since, um, it has the four propellers on the front of the wings. Right. Yeah. What was interesting is whenever I look up pictures of a Lancaster bomber, they usually they've got like the army paint kind of pattern on them, and then they've got stickers and things like that. But this one, it didn't. It was just all I can describe it as is like a dark metallic. Um, and interestingly, there is a old landing strip about half a mile behind my old house mm. where in emergency situations during um, in, during the war, planes would land. Um, <gasps> so it's definitely somewhere that planes would have gone during that time. 
So again, what? another layer of interesting. Yeah, what's the? I'm writing this down. What's the name of the area? Well, but you can tell me afterwards if you like. Everybody will be sending on on near, near where you used to live. Um, but it'd be interesting <laughs> to find out, wouldn't it, if you know that was used as an old air base or something, you know, or, or as an emergency flight, and, and find out what you know, how many bombers they had there, or you know, who was stationed there. Were the were the Americans there? I'm sure there were. But it's wonderful, isn't it, when you actually get, um, you know, you look through historical records. And you go, oh my god, oh my god, it's there, you know, and it tallies with what yeah. I've seen. It's isn't it the most amazing thing when that happens? Oh, it really is. And I think as well, um, looking into it more recently, I think there was only one Lancaster bomber at the time that was, you know, able to even fly, and that was stationed at another base. And I don't think they really used it that often and they did check at the time and that wasn't in use especially over that area oh i need to find out more about this <laughs> i'm <laughs> yeah, so intrigued yeah. by it absolutely fine lucy thank you so very much sweetheart and uh let us know if you see anything else that's a bit peculiar and strange flying over your house lots of love and thank you so much for joining me thank you very much thank you Now, let's head back underground, specifically to the abandoned Oldwich Underground Station in London's The Strand. Now, if you're a fan of Most Haunted, the television show, then you'll know that I had the fortune to investigate the abandoned Oldwich Underground Station in London. So this was back in 2002. And remember, I was a rookie investigator. I was terrified of my own shadow. I did a lot of screaming, much to my embarrassment. Walking through that entrance, though, of the station has stuck with me for years. And it's a moment that I'll never ever forget. As I closed the door on the busy street behind me, I was delighted to find I was standing in what was the old ticket office. The lights were on and all seemed fine. And an old ticket booth sat to the left and little compartments that were once telephone booths lined the walls. There were old-fashioned tiles on the walls dating back to the Victorian period. It was like we'd all just stepped back in time and I absolutely loved it. The station was opened in 1907 and was built to hold the massive amounts of commuters as part of the Piccadilly line. But oddly, the underground station originally named The Strand, well, it wasn't busy at all. It proved its worth, though, during World War II, as it was used as an air raid shelter and a safe place to store precious works of art and pieces from the British Museum, including the Elgin Marbles. Although never busy, the station remained open to the public until 1994, whereupon it closed its doors for the very last time. Now, of course, I'd done my research and knew of the main ghost and some of the paranormal activity that had been witnessed in that station. And the most cited and apparently everyday sighting was that of a Victorian actress. Now, this would make sense as the station is built on what used to be the Royal Strand Theatre. And allegedly, this young woman just refuses to take her last curtain call. And so she's seen regularly walking on the platform and standing in the middle of the track. But one thing that made me curious was, was how do we know that she was an actress? Apart from her Victorian clothing, we know that she's from that era. But that's all. How do we know she was an actress? It still intrigued me to this day. 
But anyway, I decided that maybe we should dress up in old World War II costumes to see if that might induce paranormal activity. Now, as you may remember, in a past podcast, we talked about, you know, dressing up reenactors, you know, and how uh, a lot of them experience uh, paranormal activity and they will see a ghost of the period that they're dressed up in. So, does it act as a trigger? And I believe that in some cases, definitely, yes, it can. So, I got my way and I made us all dress up in World War II gear. (laughs) Some people weren't happy about it, but they did it. Allegedly, the paranormal activity was whispering, crying, singing, and the faint touch of an invisible hand right through to a full manifestation of this Victorian ghost. So there we all were walking down the stairs and oh my God, you've never seen so many steps in all your life. On and on the corridors led, then down and down the spiral staircase went until eventually and very breathlessly, we all reached the bottom onto the very old and very eerie platform. The atmosphere was incredibly odd, like an empty theatre or prison deathly quiet, so quiet I could hear my own heartbeat. I was so excited though, I can't tell you. And after we had filmed all my pieces to camera on the platform, the tracks and the tunnels, we were ready to begin the investigation. And for part of that, we had a train carriage brought onto the line. And once it was in position, we asked the curator to turn all the lights off and leave us until the morning. We were now completely on our own. And let me tell you, we were incredibly scared. I think for us, it was the thought that if something awful happened or occurred, there was no quick way out. It was a massive hike to get to the top, a long way to run, and not an easy, not an easy escape at all. So we set up various pieces of ghost hunting equipment, one being a large laser beam that ran along the platform. If the ghost of the Victorian lady was seen daily on the platform, which allegedly she was, then perhaps she would walk through the beam and set off the alarm. We kept our fingers crossed and hoped for the best. We were lucky enough to be able to sit, as I mentioned earlier, on one of the old train carriages. And so there we all sat in the dark, calling out, dressed up in our World War II outfits. I remember shaking with excitement, hoping that something or someone would answer our call. I don't really remember if anything significant occurred, but I do recall later on, as we walked down the dark tunnels, a shadow flitting in front of me. Now, that was terrifying, as we had been told to beware of and be on the lookout for vagrants because they were known to sleep down here and they could become agitated if they were approached. Well, had I seen a ghost or was it something else? I wasn't sure, but it absolutely scared us to death. I think in that moment, I was more scared of the living, if I'm honest. Oh, and I forgot. I forgot to mention, of course, there were rats and plenty of mice, lots and lots of scurrying creatures. It was like a real nightmare for me. Well, as we walked nervously along further into the dark in this huge tunnel, panning our torches from left to right, we could have sworn we heard footsteps walking behind us. But every time we stopped walking, so did they. Was it an echo? Was it our imaginations? Probably. 
But then again, Suddenly, the alarm from the sensor that we'd set up on the platform was triggered and the bing-bonging noise made us all jump as it echoed around the tunnels. Now, the beam on the sensor was set up very high, too high for a rat to scuttle over. The beam had been broken. But by what? I truly believe that it was the ghost of the actress, but we'll never know for sure. Now, fast forward a few years and the next time I investigated the station was during a Most Haunted Live broadcast. This time, though, we were to sleep on the platform in camp beds. This was the most frightening part as just beforehand, uh, whilst we stood on the old train, we began to hear thumping and thudding coming from the floor. After asking who we were talking to, they answered, revealing themselves to be... Old Demdike. Now, I know this sounds really strange, and let me tell you, it shocked us all. As previous to this investigation, stay with me, we had done a live Most Haunted from Pendle Hill investigating the Pendle Witches, and one of the witches, Old Demdike, had really made her presence known. Well, here she was again. She had followed us. I was terrified. And then, get this, the train began to move, ever so slowly, not forward or backwards, but from side to side, as if the spirit was rocking the train. Well, good God, we all jumped off, all of the crew incredibly worried, as the last time we'd come into contact with this entity, she had choked and strangled all the crew members make it, well, it made news headlines and it was all over the TV uh, news channels the next day. It was, it was incredible. I don't know if you ever uh, remember watching that Pendle Hill episode. So if you can imagine that same crew were now going, oh my God, she's here with us. She's followed us. Is she going to do the same thing? And not only that, if anything happened to us, oh, how are we going to get out? All those bloody stairs we had to climb. Well, we took a break and calmed ourselves down. And the prospect of spending the night down here really was freaking us out now. And it was becoming more and more claustrophobic. Then suddenly, the sound man, John, yelled out, Yvette, you've got to listen to this. He rewound his sound equipment and placed the earphones on my head. I stood waiting to hear a noise and what resounded in my ears haunts me to this very day. It was a woman's voice whispering, echoing down the tunnel. Yvette! I snapped the earphones off and went white as a sheet. One after the other, every crew member listened to that awful voice. And it was at this point that a discussion was had if we should continue. What if this entity decided to attack us whilst we slept? Could she strangle us again? Anything was possible. I can tell you, I didn't sleep a wink and busied myself to the early hours of the morning feeding a mouse with some bread under my camp bed. Do you know, after that episode, um, the last time I went to Aldwych Underground Station and hearing that voice... Uh, it really did affect me at home. And as you know, you know I think you know me well now, um, I have been affected many times by some of the investigations and had to put all the lights on in the house, couldn't be in the house on my own. This was, without doubt, gave me many, many sleepless nights. The fact that to me, it was the first time that 
I knew that they could follow you. Me and my husband, Kyle, disagree about this. He believes that no ghost can follow you home, but I believe that they possibly can. Well, that was my proof for me. They can follow you. Now, you can actually go and do a tour of Oldwich Tube Station if you fancy it. Keep an eye out for the ghost of the Victorian actress. And remember this nice bit of advice here tuck your trousers into your boots. Mice are very good climbers. Now, at the start of the episode, we ask you whether the following was fact or fiction. King's Cross Station is haunted by the spirit of a young boy with glasses. Now, if you said this is fiction, you would be right. Sounds very familiar to a magical character looking for platform nine and three quarters, doesn't it? King's Cross, though, is said to be haunted by a young woman dressed in jeans and 1980s style clothing. She has been spotted with her arms outstretched, sobbing uncontrollably. But when passengers get near, she disappears. It's said that she died during a fire on the 18th of November 1987. The small blaze began at around 7.30am under an escalator, which then exploded into a massive fireball and 31 people lost their lives. Now, let's take a moment with our friend Paul as we take time to just breathe. Simply humming is the easiest and simplest way to de-stress and become relaxed. Humming plays a key role in activating the parasympathetic nervous system, otherwise known as your rest and digest state. If you move into this rest and digest state, this means you've moved out of the fight and flight state, stress and tension. It activates the vagus nerve by stimulating it with the vibration of the hum in your throat and so putting you into a state of relaxation. The body also generates nitric oxide in the nose and humming increases its production. And what does this nitrous oxide do? It sterilizes all air that passes in through the nose, including viruses. The gas is a relaxant for the blood vessels allowing them to open up, increasing delivery of nutrients and oxygen to the working muscles during exercise, thus enhancing exercise performance and so lowering blood pressure. Try humming along to a song, see how you feel because humming often increases the length of the exhalation of each breath, your rest and digest breath. You may find that humming combined with deep breathing is an easy way to de-stress wherever you are. And the proof that this works? Many traditions, including Hindu and Tibetans, have been using the om, the hum, which is basically humming for many thousands of years, and so living long and happy lives. So it's a proven technique. So, breathe in for a count of two and try humming for a count of four. So just follow me for a second. So breathe in for two. One, two, and hum for four. Mm-hmm. Feel that hum in the throat. Feel the hum vibrating up through your cheekbones, up to your ears. Feel the vibration of the hum resonating down into your chest. And try to increase this ratio as and when you can. Maybe try going up to 10 seconds for a hum and even beyond. Basically, hum your way to a better health. And remember, Paul says, 
just breathe. Thanks for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and a huge thanks to all our lovely listeners for sharing their paranormal stories with us. You can get in touch and share your own stories at this address. It's contact at paranormalpod.co.uk. We are on WhatsApp, and I love hearing your voice notes. I really, really do. It really makes my day, you know. Here's the number, 075-999-27537. And we are on Instagram, and the handle is at paranormal. Activity Pod. You can stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find lots of options to get episodes a day early. Have a great week, stay safe and remember, things aren't always as they seem. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.